0: words aren't just sounds that carry bits of information to inform us words carry emotion and they carry attitude words carry intent and that intent can be good or that intent can be bad words can truly build a relationship to a healthy growing thing or it can be cannonballs in the swimming pool of our lives and when god talks about words in his bible he he really Gets a hold of this idea that words are very, very significant. In fact, in Proverbs, we see this in Proverbs chapter 10, I believe it is. I'm looking at verse, or, or excuse me, chapter 18, verse 21. It says, the tongue has the power of life and death. Think about that a moment. Think about that a moment. Has the power of life and death. James, the half-brother of Jesus Christ. He writes in his uh, book of the New Testament. He says, if anyone considers himself religious and yet does not keep a tight rein on his tongue, he deceives himself and his religion is worthless. It doesn't matter how spiritual we are or how much we claim our faith to be. Our words can very much discredit pretty much completely what we say we believe and we claim that we are. You may have seen this news report on uh, Fox News. I saw this the other day where a pastor was in a restaurant. And he got his check and the check had an 18 percent gratuity already built into to the price. And he scratched that out or she scratched that out. And she wrote on there, I give 10 percent to God. Why would I give 18 percent to you? And that's what she handed back in. Now, look, that's just wrong on so many levels I mean, it wouldn't matter what that lady claimed about her faith and what she believed. That kind of talk is going to discredit anything she could say about what her faith really is all about. And James speaks to that. I came across this little saying that I don't even know who said it. I just credit it up to Anonymous. But it basically says this. It says, it's better to remain silent let people think you're smart than to open your mouth and prove them wrong. And I wish I could truly live by that. But Jesus Christ is probably the one that really, really captures the importance of words. He says this in Matthew chapter 12, beginning in verse 36 and 37. He says, but I tell you that men will have to give an account on the day of judgment for every careless word that they've spoken. For by your words, you'll be acquitted and by your words, you'll be condemned. Think about that a moment. That ought to be something sobering in our lives. It ought to give us pause about what we say And how we say it, that my words truly can either bring reward or they can bring judgment. As we've been talking about this blessed life of the past several weeks. Pastor Jeremy, the campus pastor here, has been talking about that. By the way, those that I've not had the opportunity to meet, my name is Mark Walker. I'm the senior pastor of Mount Perrin North, both Marietta and Canton campus. And I want to talk to you about this idea of a blessed life from the way we talk Blessed talking is what I want to call this. And, and we've got jive talking. We've got smack talking. We've got talking too much. But what about this idea of blessed talking? Our words. Simon Peter. He writes in his letter called First Peter of the New Testament. He gets a hold of this idea of our words. In verse 9 of chapter 3. He says, do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. But with blessing. Because to this you were called so that you may inherit a blessing. Listen to that. He says, when you get evil spoken to you or you get insult, don't respond in like kind. Respond with blessing. Now, I think about my own life. When I get evil spoken to me or insult, my normal natural response is evil or, or insult back. Now, what's interesting of what Peter's writing here, he's writing to the church at a time when the church was highly persecuted. Right now, the church when he's writing is under tremendous persecution. Nero, who was the emperor at that time of Rome. He has declared war on the church and he's executing them in very ruthless, cruel ways. In fact, one of the ways he would do it, he would take Christians and he would put them on a stake and burn them alive. And he would line them up down the roads. And at night he would set them on fire, burn them alive so they would light the roadways for the people to walk through and to travel by. I mean, it's a very ruthless time. And Peter's writing to them and says, hey, when you have evil done to you, have insult done to you, don't respond in like kind respond with blessing. man. that's that is very, very challenging. So how do we do that? How do we really speak blessing when that's not what we're getting in return? Well, I think the first thing we have to understand is the purpose of blessing. What is the purpose of blessing when we're talking about this blessed talking? Well, the purpose of blessing, the idea of blessing means to speak well of. It means to ask divine favor over. It means to make whole or holy. So when we're talking about speaking words of blessing. We're talking about speaking words that are whole and holy and, and bring wellness into people. That they ask for God's divine favor upon them. That we want God's best upon somebody. That we want to speak the wholeness, the wholeness and the wellness of God into the lives of people. We want the best to rest upon them. That's what the idea is when we're talking about speaking words of blessing it doesn't mean we have to use those exact terms but the message the intent of our words is we want wholeness holiness and wellness god's best to rest upon them now maybe the thing to do in if we're really understand the purpose of this is we got to understand that we're blessed that if i'm going to be someone that speaks blessing i got to recognize That I'm blessed of God. That I'm spoken of well by God. That God has his best for me. That the wholeness and the holiness and the wellness of God is what he intends towards my life. And to really look at that, we go all the way back to the beginning of time. In Genesis chapter 1, verses 27 and 28. In fact, I encourage you, sometime this week, read the creation story. It's three chapters, Genesis 1, 2, and 3. Just read that from the idea of God's always intended blessing towards us. It'll help you to see how things came to be and why things are the way they are today. So we want the idea of we're blessed. We look at how God made us in verses 27 and 28 of Genesis. This is what he writes. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them very next verse. God blessed them. The very first act of God towards us when he made us was to bless us. We didn't earn a blessing. We didn't deserve it. We hadn't done anything to appease him. We hadn't done anything to make him feel good. He simply blessed us because that's his intent towards us. That's his love for us. No other religion has this kind of a God. All the other gods of all the other religions, you have to somehow appease them. You have to somehow make them feel good. You have to somehow do something right where they finally will turn and bless us. Not the God of the Bible, not the true and living God. His intent towards us is always blessing. Now, when we look at this idea of how he blesses us, if you go read the creation story, here's what we'll discover. The first thing he blesses us with is relationship with him. And when we look at how this this story unfolds in the creation story, it says that he made us in his image. God's intended blessing towards us is to be in relationship with him. That's where the blessing is. You see, when we talk about being blessed, the Bible assumes a relationship with God. The fullness of the blessing of God that's intended towards us assumes a relationship with him. And the ultimate blessing of our lives is a relationship with God. It says that he made us in his image. It means we have the capacity emotionally, spiritually, psychologically to be able to communicate and relate to God. If you read the story, it says in chapter three of Genesis that we walked in the garden in the cool of the day. That's a great metaphor for this idea of this open, intimate relationship and fellowship with God. For us to be really fully human calls for a relationship with God. That's where the blessing is. Out of this blessing of this relationship with God comes a threefold blessing. Now, I know Pastor Jeremy has talked about this, but let me just recap it very quickly. The first part of this blessing is purpose. It says that he made us to multiply this in the in the earth, to populate it, to develop it, to take care of it. That you and I have this divine purpose of God. That in cooperation with him under his guidance. We, do, we produce goods and services that better the planet and better the people that are in it. That we have this meaningful purpose from God. And the primary way we see that happen in our lives is in our work. That God blesses us with purposeful, meaningful work. Purpose. A second part of this blessing is provision. It says that God took care of them. He put them in the Garden of Eden and took care of them. He provided for their daily needs And God is the ultimate source of the provision into our lives. The third part of this blessing is people. The first person he made was Adam. He made the man. But God saw him and he said, hey, it's not good for him to be alone. So he took a rib and he made the woman. Brought them together. And that's the foundation that we have for marriage. It's the understanding, the biblical view of marriage. A man and a woman coming together for a lifetime covenant under the authority of God. But isn't just marriage that we're blessed with when it comes to relationships. We're blessed with family, with friendships. We're blessed with a community, people we can belong to, people that we can care for and people that care for us, people we can love and people that love us in return. And the basic human need of anybody on the planet is purpose, provision and people. That's the basic need. And God is the one that supplies it. That's the intended blessing of God for every one of us from the beginning of time. But we have broken that blessing because of our sin against God. If you read the story, Genesis 3 tells it. It's the story of where we decided we were going to break our relationship with God and live our own way. And when we broke relationship with God, it broke the blessing. We have a broken purpose. That's why so many people live purposeless lives today. That's why so many people just exist and they don't really live. That's why so many people are so disappointed in their jobs. That's why we have unemployment. That's why we have people that are misemployed because of this broken blessing of God. That's why we have people that are doing evil intent in this world. Not to do good, but to do harm. We have broken provision. That's why so many people are in poverty and poor. They lack provision. That's why our provisions get stolen. Our provisions get damaged by catastrophes because of the brokenness of sin in this world. That's why our relationships are broken. That's why we have adultery. That's why we have divorce. It's why we have people mistreating people. That's why we have sex trafficking and slave trafficking today. It's why we have people that love us dearly die too early in our lives because of God's intended blessing has been broken by sin. And that's the world in which we live. But there's good news here today. We don't have to live under the domination of sin's broken blessing. We can live in God's intended blessing because that blessing has been restored to us in Jesus Christ. Christ restores to us back a relationship with God. And even that relationship with God, we can live more in the intended blessing of God and less in the broken blessing of sin. That's what Christ does to us. He puts us back in relationship. So now we can begin again to live by the intended blessing of God. And that's what Simon Peter gets a hold of. And that's why Simon Peter can say, in a time when you're getting evil and insult and ridicule and mockery, you can still... Be a blessing because as followers of Christ, we don't live under the dominating blessing of of the brokenness of sin, but we live under the intended blessing of God. Peter talks about this back in chapter three, looking at verse 15. He says this, but in your hearts, set apart Christ as Lord. There's the key right there. Set apart Christ as Lord, because what we're talking about when we're talking about our words we're not talking about what I do issue. We're talking about a heart issue. It's not about what I do. It's about who I am. And we're going to talk about that more in just a minute. But he says, set apart Christ as Lord in your heart. I'm making a decision that Christ is going to be the one to rule my life. And then look what he says. The very next thing, set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. See, if I choose to walk with Christ, that he's going to be the leader of my life, then that enables me to be able to say words of blessing, to say why I have a hope, to be able to do it and to do it with gentleness and respect. See, it's not so much sometimes the words that I'm saying, but sometimes it's just how I'm saying it. Because being a blessing sometimes means speaking the truth. Well, you never want to lie to be a blessing. But the truth hurts sometimes, doesn't it? When we're talking about being a blessing, we're not talking about just being milk toast here and saying what somebody wants to hear per se, but saying what they need to hear, but in saying what we need they need to hear sometimes that truth is 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 hurtful, it's a it's a healthy hurt, it's a healing hurt. But sometimes people aren't hearing that because of the way we're saying it. And Simon Peter saying, "Look, when When you've made the determination of who you are. then how you say what you say is going to take care of itself. And he's saying, hey, the way to walk in this blessing is to walk in Christ. And then he defines it even further in verse 18. He said, for Christ died for our sins once for all. The righteous for the unrighteous. Christ, the righteous one, gave up his life for the unrighteous. To bring you to God. To put us back in relationship with God. To get us back to our maker. So we could live more in the intended blessing of God. That our purpose can be restored. That our provisions are restored. That, that our relationships are restored. That they don't have to live under the domination of this broken world of sin. He says to bring us back to God. He's put, he was put to death in the body. But then he was made alive by the spirit. See this is a who I am issue. Simon Peter is saying hey. In this world, where you're getting nothing but insult, and you're getting nothing but evil, and you're getting nothing but mockery, remember who you are. You're not under that way, you're under a new way in Christ. Therefore, you can respond in a different way than the rest of the world. Maybe that brings us to the next understanding. What Simon Peter's talking about, the purpose of blessing is I want to want God's best in somebody's life. The wholeness, the wellness and the holiness of God, the favor of God I want in somebody's life. That's the purpose of it. But I got to see that that comes because I'm a person of blessing. I'm people of blessing because here's what Peter says. He says, do not repay evil for evil or insult for insult, but with blessing, because to this you were called, say called. That's who I am as a follower of Christ. Now, if you're not a follower of Christ in the room, one, we're glad you're here. Number two, this part doesn't maybe not really apply to you. You get a pass on this right now. Now, If you're not a follower in Christ, the main thing we would ask you or, or say to you is look to a relationship with him. Begin there. But for those of us that are already walking this relationship, this is for us. This is what we're called. This is who we are. Speaking blessing is not something I just sort of get around to. It's not something when the mood strikes me that this is about who I am. We are people of blessing. Let me let me tell you something. We, we live in this the order of this fallen world, the order of this fallen world, the normalcy of this fallen world that we live in is words of profanity. It's, it's words of abuse. It's words of defamation. It's words of devaluing its words of mockery that that is the normalcy of the fallen world that's the order of the fallen world in which we live but followers of Christ are in a new order we're in the order of the kingdom of god we're in the order of Jesus Christ when we when we choose to speak words of blessing into this World in which we live. This disordered world, if you will. This disordered world of this fallen, broken world. When we speak words of blessing, you know what's happening? We're beginning to reorder this disordered world. Now hear me close. It's easy. It's easy to speak evil to evil. It's easy to respond with insult from insult. It's easy to do. What takes courage and what takes challenge and what takes change. It's when I've gotten insult. Which is the order of the world, the disorder of it, but I turn back around with blessing. I am meeting that disorder with the reordering of God. That's huge. You know, that's who I am. As a follower of Christ. I heard the story of a couple. They fought all the time. Every day they'd fight. Supposed to be a true story. Finally they decided, look, let's just don't fight every day. Let's do this. Let's get a his and her box. And anytime time we do something that makes the other person mad or upsets the other person, let's write it down on a piece of paper and we'll put it in each other's box. At the end of the week, we'll get our boxes and we'll sit down and we'll go through the whole thing together. That's what they decided to do. So at the end of the week, they sit down and the husband went first. He took out the first piece of paper. It said, you didn't take trash out when you said. You're right, exactly. Next piece of paper... You left your socks laying on the floor. Next piece of paper, you left the lid up. The next piece of paper, you, you know, you came home late and you didn't call. And all these different things. He kept reading them. He said, yep, you're right. You're right. I'm guilty. Yep, you're right. Exactly. Yep, yep, yep. Came her turn. Opened up the first piece of paper, read it. And she looked at him very strangely. Opened up the next piece. She looked at him again very strangely. Opened up the next piece. Tears began to well up in her eyes. Opened up the next piece. And she just broke down and cried. Because every piece of paper that was in her box simply said, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. See, he was meeting the disorder with reorder. That doesn't mean as couples we don't sit down and talk about the things that we're having trouble with. It just means when we do, the purpose of it is to be a blessing in each other's life. Not just to demean. It isn't just so I can get the upper hand on you. It isn't so I can just sort of prove who's right and wrong and powerful. It's about, I want this relationship to have the best of God resting upon. it. I want the wholeness and the holiness and the wellness of God resting on. It. See, that's what we're called to as followers of Christ. It's, it's a tall order. It's a challenge. But maybe, maybe to get this idea that I'm a person of blessing, that we're people of blessing as followers of Christ, i got to look at the idea of the promise of blessing. Because Peter puts a promise in here. He said, to this you're called that you may inherit a blessing. Don't return evil for evil or insult and insult, but with blessing because this you were called that you may inherit a blessing. See, the promise is that I get blessing in return. The promise is if I'm going to sow blessing, I'm going to reap blessing. It's a sowing and reaping idea. I mean, it's, it's just common sense. If, if I constantly sow what is wrong, if I constantly sow negativity, if I constantly sow what, what isn't of God, that's what I'm going to get back for the most part. But if I'm sowing the wellness of God, the wholeness of God, if I'm sowing what's right with my words, That's primarily what I'm going to get back in return. Yes, sometimes I'm going to get back evil. Absolutely. But what I'm going to get for the most part is what I sow with my words. I'm going to get that in return. It's the it's the sowing and reaping idea. See, let me tell you what happens. When you and I. Respond with blessing to someone who perhaps has cursed us, if you will. When we respond with blessing. We deflect the intended hurt and wound of those words. When we respond insult with insult, when we respond evil with evil, when we respond abuse with abuse, if you will, when we respond with that, you know what's happening? We're taking the offense. We're taking in the wound. But when I choose to respond differently, I'm deflecting that. I'm still going to feel the sting. We'll still feel the pain of it, but it's not going to get rooted in our hearts. It's not going to create such a wound that I find myself in bitterness or resentment, that I find myself in unforgiveness, that I find myself walking in this pain. There are some of us in this room who are carrying on the wounds of somebody's words that were spoken years ago because we've taken the offense see, when I respond with blessing, it protects my heart. Some of us have been raised. We have generations in our families where it's just been words of abuse. It's been words of pain. It's been words of hurt. And that's just been perpetuated in our families. And we find ourselves struggling with the same thing. I just want to encourage you and say to you today. By the power of Jesus Christ. If that's been your family, that does not have to continue from your line on. That can change today. You can start a brand new tradition in your home to go into the next generations, and it doesn't have to be a generation of cursing, it can be a generation of blessing. Because it's all about the heart. It's not about the what I do. It's about the who I am. Jesus Christ said this about our words and our heart. This is a very powerful statement by Christ. Matthew chapter 12, verse 35. Look what he says. He says this. He says, the good man brings good things out of the good stored up in in him. And the evil man brings evil things out of the evil... Stored up in him. Let me just say this. Whatever comes out of our mouths. It's in our hearts. So if, if my words. Are words that are cutting and critical. They're, they're, they're words. That are hurtful. In whatever manner. Then I got to take a look. What's that coming from in my heart? Because that's where it's coming from. Is it, is it jealousy? Is it envy? Is it this woundedness? Is it insecurity? Is it inadequacy? What, what in my heart is bringing forth these words? We, we can cover our hearts for a little while with words that don't match our hearts. But pretty soon, the words are going to align with our hearts. That's why going back to verse 15 of chapter 3 when Peter writes. That's why he says, set apart Christ As Lord in your heart. Here's the question I want to ask you. Who's the Lord of our hearts? Because whoever is the Lord of our hearts. Is going to be the Lord of our mouths. The way I begin to shift. From letting words that people have spoken. Either recently or way back in my past. To being the Lord of who I am. As I shift it to Christ. You're going to be Lord. You're the healer of my wounded heart. You're the healer of my broken soul. You're the healer. It's not about a what I do issue. It's about a who I am issue. Who's the Lord? Of my heart. I'm going to invite the band to come up if they will quickly. Quickly. I have a cousin. He's my second cousin. His name is Chad. He's about 22, I think his age. He's a senior in college. But when he was about six or seven years old, he was a a Nintendo guru. Still loves video games. And he and his family were over at our house and we were having dinner together. And my son, Justin, he... He had all the the game systems at that time. Justin's about three or four years older than Chad. And Chad and his little brother Jordan and Justin were all upstairs in our little playroom playing Nintendo. And, And Justin told us this story after they had left. He told us this story. That Chad was playing Nintendo. We had one remote. And Jordan wanted to play his little brother. And Chad wouldn't let him. Chad was just engrossed in the game. And he was going at it. And Jordan was saying, I, I want to I play. And Chad mm-hmm. wouldn't even respond. And Jordan said, I, I, I want to play. It's my turn. And Chad wouldn't even respond. Jordan started hitting him. I want to play. started hitting him. And, and Chad would not even let the remote go, go to defend himself. He was just letting Jordan beat him. Oh, it's my turn. It's my turn. And he just kept hitting him tears are running down chad's face because it's hurting and he won't let him have the remote he's not even going to drop it to defend himself and jordan's just hitting finally chad jumps to his feet remote control still in his head tears running down his eyes he looks at jordan he says you don't understand i am a nintendo player it's who i am it's what i do and sat down and kept playing now, maybe he needed a lesson in sharing. But man, you got to admire his passion. He knew who he was. And no amount of pounding was going to change that. Know who you are. Let no amount of pounding change it. And this world is going to pound on you. It's going to try to tell you who you are, what you're supposed to do, how you're supposed to respond, what you're supposed to do. If you're a follower of Christ, that's not your Lord. I don't care what your past has told you. I don't care what those people that are close to you have said or didn't say. I don't know about the wounds in your soul. But they don't have to govern and dictate who you are or what you say. You have a new ruler, a new master, and he has set you free. And his name is Jesus Christ. Who's your Lord today? Who's your Lord? I'm going to invite those that are serving communion to come at this time. Just come quickly stand down here. We'll pray in just a moment. We're going to take communion. For those of you that are uncertain as to what communion is. Communion, we have a, a little wafer. And a little cup of juice. The juice represents the shed blood of Christ on the cross. The wafer represents the busted body of Christ on the cross. You see, these are the elements that represent the restored blessing of God into our lives because of Christ. See, He tasted the brokenness of sin's broken blessing. So that you and I could have the intended blessing of God. So when we partake of this this morning, if you're a follower of Christ... This is simply to done to. We do this to remind ourselves. This is what he's done for me. This is a reminder of who I am. When I partake of this. This is who I am. I am not a victim of the brokenness. I am a victor of the healing of the living God. That's what you're saying. And whatever words have wounded. Broken. Scarred. Today is a wonderful day to shift that. Under the lordship of the healing master of Christ. you're partaking of this this is what you're saying i am under his lordship i don't have to be what everybody else has said i can be what he says so i can speak what's of him father i thank you for this moment this time this this is your time it's it's a time of restoration, God. It's a time of healing. It's a, it's a time. It's a new order today, God. It's a new order, a new order in our hearts, a new order in our minds, a new order, Lord. I pray today for every person that chooses to partake. May it truly speak into our hearts and minds, in Jesus' name, Amen. Please hold the elements till everyone is served. Invite right to bow your head and close your eyes, please. Father, right now. I pray as we are about to partake of these elements that you asked us to do in remembrance of what Christ has done. The true understanding and reminder of it will come full in our hearts and minds. I pray that every person who needs to be liberated from wounded words, every person who needs some type of healing because of what's been said or not said. I pray in these next moments it begins to happen. Not because of what we're doing, but because of what you have already done in Christ. That we're setting your son as Lord of our lives in our hearts to be ruled what you say about us. That you give us a purpose by which to live, regardless whether or not anybody else sees that we have a purpose. You give us provision. You give us right relationships. Regardless of how broken relationships might be, you are able to restore and you are able to give healthy relationships, God. Right now, in this moment, let there be change in hearts. And words. In marriages. Families. Business places. Neighbors. Whatever the context. Be Lord. Jesus took bread. Blessed it. Broke it. Gave it to his disciples and said take eat. This is my body. Let's partake of the way took the cup and gave it to them saying drink all of it for this is my blood of the new testament which is shed for many for the remission of sins let's partake of the cup jesus said i'll not drink this again with you until i drink it anew with you in my father's kingdom when they had sung a hymn they went out into the mount of Olives. father in the name of jesus in the name of jesus We believe it's a new order today. It's a new way in hearts and minds. And I pray as a result, it's a new way of talking in all of our lives. For your praise, your glory, and your honor. In Jesus' name, amen. Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again.